everyone, welcome to another episode of the Africa Business Sport Podcast with myself, Adam Spio, and my ever-present co-host, Jabu Mtua. This is our second conversation here on the podcast concerning all things cricket. Our very first one centered on the ICC Women's Cricket World Cup, which we did enjoy. Unfortunately, Australia won this one, won that one, and also unfortunately again, Australia won this year's edition, but we are hopping into all things business side with Nate. So, Jabu, who do we have for our audience today? Well, Adam, after what was an eventful Cricket World Cup, where unfortunately for us, South Africa and the Proteas were not able to get to the final and win it, but congratulations to the finalists, India, and the winner, which was Australia of the 2023 ICC Cricket World Cup and now to really debrief and mostly to delve into the business of cricket within the globe. It's an honor for us to have an expert to come and speak to us about cricket who this is a professional who has a decade of cross-functional exposure across India, the Middle East and Europe. He's worked on delivering successful sports partnership he works with leagues, teams, and other rights holders on commercial strategy partnerships and activations as part of his role as the global partnerships manager of Sportquake. It's an honor and privilege to have on the Africa Business of Sport podcast, Anubhav Roda. Anubhav, welcome on to the Africa Business of Sport podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Let's start with the Cricket World Cup, which I'm sure you kept an eye on it was very very eventful it came to an end this past weekend with australia picking up the famous trophy but if we can take a step back and let's get your observations on what do you believe was the assessment of the commercial performance of the cricket world cup and what can we take from this edition onto the next one right uh so we've heard a lot of murmurs around uh odi cricket uh potentially dying, not being as exciting, etc. But I think this World Cup tells a different story. Uh, we've had uh, record viewerships tumbling. Uh, we had the initial peak concurrence viewership during India-Pakistan game, then again during India-New Zealand, and then again in the final we had another record. So I think contrary to belief, uh, this World Cup was a success. And of course, when you have these kind of eyeballs, uh, the commercial success follows, right? So from from what I understand, ICC managed to generate about $150 million worth of sponsorship through the event. Uh, quite successful, had about 20 partners uh, across different tiers. So I think six global partners, uh, eight official partners, and then uh, other category partners as well. So quite a successful uh, show commercially. Also, I think Disney Hotstar, which was the broadcaster in India did really well in terms of ad sales so they've, there are rumors that they've generated around 3000 crores INR worth of ad spends which is potentially a 25% increase over uh, the last edition also I think this edition felt sweetly during the festive period in India as well which also uh, helped brands use the, the cricket fever to to reach out to a lot of these audiences so yeah I think overall it was a it was a success, uh, as I, I called it uh, in my post today as well. I think, of course, the only sad bit for me is India not winning the the trophy. But yeah, I think overall it's a, it has been a good tournament. Not saying that the format doesn't need innovation and, and 
changes. Uh, that's something that everybody has been talking about. But I think on its own, the the tournament delivered uh, on the the commercial landscape. I think for me personally, as I was following the World Cup, not actively, but as I was following it from a sports business point of view, I realized that majority of the fans that were being captured were already cricket fans. So in my opinion, and in my, in my mind, how does the brand, the ICC, the ODIs, the tests and whatever, I, how are they able to adopt new fans to come and watch their competitions and really enjoy them? And I'll use the Rugby World Cup as an example. Here in Africa, we had so many people on the continent watching the Springboks. And that was the very first time watching, you know, a rugby game, which is a final of the Rugby World Cup, because it was a connection to it. How can the ICC, you know, attract new fans year in, year out, so that it's not just cricket fans who are watching, but the new fans, especially the younger generation coming through? Right. So I think from... What I've read a lot as well, so the younger generation usually consumes sport on digital, uh, like across social media, etc. So I think ICC have been digital department. I think they are making moves on on capitalizing on on the younger fan base uh, with with the content that they are able to generate. And now, if you see that partnered with Fan Craze, which is an NFT platform, so trying to tap into the Gen Z because NFTs, etc., was was something that was becoming quite popular then they also onboarded near protocol as as a, as another partner which will help them enhance the fan engagement aspect using different gaming etc uh, elements like those right so i think uh, icc is already making moves in trying to uh, get more towards the younger fan base but again i think with cricket the beauty is because you have different formats unlike other sport you have different fan bases for all these sports right so tests would typically uh, cater to a more uh, older audience, T20s defines more with a younger audience and ODI has a mix of of both, right? So I think uh, the game for everyone is to be able to reach out to the fans, engage them in a meaningful way and I think a lot is happening now uh, on the digital front. Tech Mahindra was working with BCCI as well on, on an app uh, to be able to reach out to these audiences and then engage with them. So I think a lot of... Uh, Activity is happening on the fan engagement front, which I think is a pivotal uh, moving forward and a lot of content generation is happening. Also, I think uh, the good thing about cricket in India is that uh, the content in itself sells, right? So you have programming, you have a lot of reels, etc. Everyone, all the creator community, etc. also is is gripping all the, the World Cup fever. So I think that's an advantage that cricket has, especially in the subcontinent, because there's so much content being generated around it. So just a classic example, right? With Premier League, you have the Fantasy Premier League and you have tons of creators just doing content every week on Fantasy Premier League, which enhances the engagement for the Premier League as well, right? So I think those kind of activities are going on in cricket as well. You have Dream 11 wherein these folks play Fantasy Cricket and there's content around that. Uh, then you have NFTs that have come in. These you have these digital apps. Uh, different programs are happening on on TV on on digital. So yeah, I think there's so much content happening around the sport that uh, cricket doesn't need to do too much more. I would say, uh, but yeah, of course, ICC is doing its bit in terms of like I mentioned, getting these partners who have who have a vision for the younger generation and then working on the Web three uh, aspect of it. Uh, 
if you look at neum as well so neum is another icc partner so they collaborated with icc and they launched a hackathon uh, for fan engagement solutions so i think there is a lot of action happening even on the broadcast front uh, i remember in the ipl we had the ability to able to choose the camera angle we want to view right so all these factors are are coming in uh, in order to be able to enhance the fan experience i think cricket already offers a lot in india in terms of just the sport but now with a layer of these tech innovations and and content on top of it i think it just enhances the fan experience and that's something that's that's helping the cricket maintain the audience it has and add few younger fans as well i saw a lot of young fans in this world cup as well which was a good sign so yeah things are moving in the right direction moving on and looking ahead to the 2027 cricket world cup which actually is going to be played in South Africa, Zimbabwe and Namibia. A very interesting for the development of cricket within Southern Africa and Africa as a whole really. What would your observations or advice be to different stakeholders who will want to get involved with the Cricket World Cup in a couple of years times? What should sponsors be looking at? Which brands do you think may be coming back to sponsor the World Cup and how does the ICC really build up a pathway that is sustainable that leads up to that tournament which is taking place in Africa which obviously is great for the African continent absolutely i think even before i jump to the 27 world cup i think another interesting thing to look out for is the 24 world cup in the us i think us in itself is the biggest sports market uh, the world has and i think if cricket starts to do well in the us and then picks up attention i think there'll be a lot of brands coming in from there as well So a trend that you see currently right most of the ICC partners and and partners in general that you see in cricket are focused on the Indian audience or are or are global brands but their Indian arms are doing that sponsorship right because their major audience is South Asia as of as of now of course South Africa Zimbabwe like you mentioned are our uh, cricket markets as well but the kind of numbers that a market like India offers and then if it grows in the US the US would offer is immense i think so i i'm really excited to see how that unfolds right and that probably will dictate how things pan out in in africa as well uh in 2027 also with the 28 uh olympics coming along and and cricket being a part of it right so so i think there'll be a, there'll be movement happening on the cricket front in the next 2 3 years you have mlc in in the us now the t20 world cup big investors in there So potentially what I see by 2027 is maybe a couple of big US brands coming in as well in cricket uh potentially realizing okay sport is growing in the US good time to enter 28 Olympics as well and a lot of US brands potentially then have audiences in say Africa and India as well so i think more than the location of of the world cup of course you'll have certain local partners that will come in come on uh, on board of course uh when when you have uh a world cup happening in a certain part of the world but but then if you look at it globally there are certain bigger audiences that these uh, partners are looking to target right so that's why you see that trend with the icc as well when when i say that a lot of the partners have india as a as a key focus market for them or are they they or they are originally from india so 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 that i think that would still be the focus uh, of course if us grows there'll be a strong focus there as well um but yeah it will be interesting i think the next 3 4 years uh moving from india to the us now and then uh 
to Africa in 2027. So tough to say which which new partners will come on board because it's 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 a deeper conversation than than we can have. Right, there are a lot of factors on uh, who's one wanting to go big at that point of time. Uh, what what's the sort of uh, budgets they can uh, release for that and and a lot of other economic factors as well so i think talking four years from now is tough uh but yeah we'll generally see a lot more activity happening in in, in this cricket sponsorship space i feel with with it growing in the us uh as well and that are also reaching to other markets uh in africa with the world cup coming up so yeah interesting times Anubhav, given the global success of the product that is the Indian Premier League, there's still some corners of the world that really do not know how the product works. It's in the uh, benefits and cons and, and really how it changes the space of cricket globally. Just take us through the media rights allocation or the business of the media rights of the IPL, number one and number two, what the implications of the PIF's potential investment into that product is especially for audiences within Africa because of course mm. cricket is big in Asia becoming big in Europe it's really gaining a, 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 a sports business a sports marketing potential in the US from the major league cricket but gra grasping really the audience in Africa that the ability to do that will really change the game so just take us through the IPO the business of its media rights and what the investments from the PIF would really do to change the, the the product. Right. So if you see last year when the media rights auction happened, right, uh, BCCI had packaged their rights in a different way this time around. So we had different, four different packages and then them being sold by itself, which in, which in turn created that competition because if you have one but you don't have the other, you tend to lose out on, on certain aspects, which, which sort of sparked the... The bidding war and then at the end we had these two players get TV complete TV complete digital right uh, so so that was the interesting bit I think how they, they segregated the media rights which helped them elevate the, the media rights pricing right so so that, that was the interesting bit um, of course media rights is important because India is one market but then like you mentioned as well right the IPL aspirations is to be a global league and then potentially I think moving forward it will become a longer league as well with more teams etc in, in a few years time not 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 in the immediate future so of course as global as it can get it can attract partners globally right so we've seen that as well so Qatar Airways came in as a sponsor last year with, with the RCB is it Saudi is now sponsoring uh the IPL, of course, India is a market for them. But like I spoke, there are other markets as well, which which the IPL caters to, which are like the big cricket markets. You have the UK, Australia, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, and then even other parts of, of Africa, particularly Zimbabwe, where there is a fair amount of cricket played and, and consumed. So I think media rights plays a key role in, in expansion of the sport. Uh, and that's how you reach out to a wider audience and then that's how you attract more global brands to come on board, right? So so it's just a matter of time. I think more global brands will start coming to the IPL. Now talking about the PIF uh, investment. Now the first question is, do IPL really need that money? Uh, again, that's that's a question that the IPL need to figure out. Do we really need that money? 
uh, to be able to grow further uh, because it's in itself a sustainable product doing well making uh, millions billions of dollars for for all the stakeholders involved right so that's one part of course uh, the the advantage that IPL has with cricket is uh, Saudi wanted to do their own league but because of certain new rules that the ICC has come up with in terms of a cap on foreign players uh, and of course the dominance that cricket has in India and, and of course them knowing that India will probably not release their players the league might not have the same appeal so that's why I think the thought came about wherein they thought okay let's invest in the IPL and not create a competition because of certain restrictions that they have like you had the live golf example right it, it, it stood against uh, the other major golf events and now they had to collaborate because of the money power that uh, that Saudi had uh, with Live Golf. So I think that's the kind of advantage India has with the IPL because money alone can't do much because in the ICC rules, the BCC are not allowing Indian players to play in other leagues uh, to be able to get that competitive league going. So I think that goes against Saudi. That's why they thought of investing now whether... IPL needs that money or not is this something that we need to figure out but of course I think with more investment coming in and, and IPL trying to get more global you never know right so the likes of US sports if you see they were contained within the US the US audiences but eventually once they matured they realized they want to tap into other markets so now you have the NHL games happening uh, sorry the NFL games happening in London as well I happen to catch one of them uh, you know, back in October, right? So a lot of these leagues have realized they want to tap onto the foreign audiences as well and get partners from there, either regional or global, and then create a fan base there. So potentially with that investment coming in, IPL could look at hosting games in, in say, so some other parts of the world, certain games. Uh, maybe once the league becomes bigger, maybe have these uh, pre-season games of sorts or, or a big game happening in a new part of the world wherein you are able to attract uh, these fans or even have exhibition games, etc. Uh, or a pre-season like you have with, with football. Of course, that will need time. That will take time because cricket is not at that stage yet. It's still uh, a sport that is finding a balance between, uh, I would say, franchisee cricket and international cricket. In football, the landscape is very different and in a few of the other sports as well, wherein league sport pretty much dominates so cricket we are still not there but once we get there maybe in a few years time then I think there's a lot more scope to do interesting stuff and that's where investments could become more handy so I don't know if, if the IPL will accept it now or not and do we really need the money now but yeah I think with it further investment there is opportunity to grow the league further uh, while whether they do it through the, the money coming in from PIF or they do it with their own money because they pretty much have enough money as well. So yeah, that's that will be interesting to see if, if they want to give away control because usually cricket in India would not like to give away much control. But but I see merit and demerits in, in both uh, them accepting it or not accepting uh, the funding. But, but yeah, I think the way forward is cricket to grow and then become more global like some of the other sports. Just in terms of fans, cricket is the second biggest sport. The... Uh, from from what I've read, about 2.5 billion fans, footballers about 3.5 billion. So, with all these dynamics of US opening up and IPL wanting to potentially look at global expansion in the future, nothing that they've spoken about, but I think that's a natural progression that they might look at in, in a few years' time. Uh, 
cricket in Olympics, uh, maybe India hosting 2036 Olympics, and then cricket being a part of those Olympic Games as well. So all of that coming along, I think cricket might become much more global than it is now. Uh, already, I think ICC is making a lot of moves uh, wherein they have these development coordinators and they look at promoting cricket in different parts of the world. So, yeah, I think exciting times. Uh, let's see how it unfolds. Too many stakeholders and decision makers to make these bigger decisions. But yeah, looking at it from a business professional's perspective and a fan's perspective, I think there could be a lot of interesting news in a, in a few years' time. Just briefly, Anubhav, in your LinkedIn post around this particular subject a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned some of the indicators that Saudi's PIF might be looking at. And you mentioned that the IPL has a viewership of over 462 million globally. Uh, you mentioned their commercial portfolio. You also mentioned the fact that the average IPL team is worth more than 1 billion. But I think for me, the interesting indicator here that I'd like to get your thoughts on is is it the question that Saudi or the PIF is going into this venture specifically looking at the media rights business of the IPL because in the 2023 to 2027 cycle it fetched a value of 6.2 billion which is second to the NFL only so do you think that this is one of the biggest motivations and what could be the possible threats to that because we can see across the sport business is that the rights or the media rights values over the past couple of years have been beginning to fall. You see that with different leagues going to tender at the moment and not getting the value of the media rights that they want. So could this be that the IPL has already reached the peak of its media rights value? And so what would an investment by the PFL actually merit? All right. So just a quick one, I think IPL is not second in terms of media rights, it's second in terms of her game media value. Uh, right. Yeah, so not in total. But but I think Saudi investments are, are a little different uh, to just same business decisions is what I feel. They're, so they have a vision 2030 through which they want to promote tourism, they want to promote sport as a part of it. So you see a lot of activity happening in Saudi within sport and, and you see what's happening with the Saudi Pro League as well, how they've managed to attract these stars with, with the kind of muscle, money, power they have, right? I, of course, the the commercial success of IPL is definitely one of the factors for them to look at it, but I think it, it goes beyond that. It's more to do with associating with an IP of that sort. I think it's more the IP value of the IPL for Saudi than the commercial value of the IPL. That's that's my take. Because from what I see uh, them doing in, in, in other sports as well, so it's not necessarily a decision wherein they say, okay, we want to invest in the IPL because we want to make money. They want to invest in IPL because that's another sport they, that they want to look at. Uh, of course, South Asia, uh, India in particular is a key market for Saudi uh, both business-wise and also in terms of tourists. Um, so I think it's more of a strategic investment that they are looking at. And also like because I mentioned that they were initially thinking of setting up a rival league of their own like the UAE has done. Um, I'll not call it a rival league because they don't really want to, like they are not really competing with the IPL. Of course, their statement was they want to be the second biggest after the IPL. So no one's really wanting to compete or go... Uh, 
head on with the IPL. They understand that IPL has has reached where it has. But but I think it's more strategic because now they cannot start their own league uh, in that big fashion. Uh, they thought IPL investment could be an interesting one for them, and then they could look at potentially doing some collaboration where they might get say some games into Saudi or some of their other key markets and do activities around that uh, potentially. So I I see it more as a strategic investment given their vision 2030 and and other plans around sport than just a business case for them seeing that oh wow the media values are great and let's let's invest in it we'll make money so i think it's not from that perspective of course that being there is a is a good good reason for them to do it but but yeah i think their their aim is a lot bigger than than that for for saudi in general and and with this acquisition uh, that they're looking to Anubhav, when you mentioned strategic, there's three things that came to mind and I saw them in phases of what perhaps PIF can do is that the very first one, as you may mention, they will, of course, have some of the games of the IPL in Saudi Arabia. So that would increase, uh, in fact, have a direct benefit on tourism, especially for cricket fans globally. What I also see happening is that you did mention that the ICC and other cricket bodies are trying to develop cricket globally especially now that we have the MLC in the U.S. and then cricket has now been added to the Olympics for NA28. So, of course, Saudi seeing that they are working extensively on developing other sports globally, especially in new regions. The PIF can also work with the with the IPL and, develop, and, and ICC as well in developing cricket globally. So that's what I see. And perhaps the third one, which becomes a final phase where after doing the many years of development of cricket globally, it then has its own product using A, the legends from the IPO who no more play in the IPO, and B, individuals who have worked for the IPO as well. So it's like a, a build-up of, of, of each of them from time to time. And I think that's a very excellent way of having a strategy with regards to bringing a sport to your country that for a very long time hasn't been practiced or utilized. Yeah, absolutely. I think Saudi is already trying to do some stuff with that. So, uh, if I remember, Saudi Cricket Federation had tied up with JSW, which owns the Delhi Capitals franchisee in the IPL. So, they were trying to do some strategic stuff with them in, in terms of developing the sport of cricket. Neom uh, has has a partnership with Rajasthan Royals where they are trying to promote more community-related uh, aspects of cricket within that. So, of course, like I mentioned... Saudi definitely wanted a league of league of their own, and they see it as a good uh, initiative to partner with the IPL potentially now invest in it and like you mentioned, grow the sport in their country, bring more interest, and then take it from there. Right? You never know what might happen later. Of course, they would like to have a league there of of their own, but if they can potentially collaborate with the IPL and do some games there, some games there, and and of course, tourists coming in and, and in general, the Saudi brand being out there amongst a global audience as, as big as the IPL has to offer. I think, yeah, there is, for them, it's it's a it's a big, big win. Uh, now the question is, would IPL want to give away those takes and a little bit of that power and, and decision making, etc., etc. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, I don't. I don't see it happening as quickly as, as some of us might might think it will. Uh, 
so so yeah it'll we'll probably see what happens in the next year or two finally before we wrap up anupav and as you have alluded to uh, one or twice uh, during this episode is that the sport of cricket has now been included for the olympic games in los angeles in 2028 that's la 28 and the icc yeah. was thrilled at this confirmation i'll just read two paragraphs from the icc statement it reads the addition of cricket in the olympics for the first time since 1900 concludes a two year process in which the icc worked extensively to develop an exciting proposal that supports the olympic values and la 28 mission to create an unparalleled experience for athletes fans partners and the local community the olympic games is estimated to have an audience of more than 3 billion viewers across tv and digital platforms representing a unique opportunity for cricket to engage new audiences and further boost the sport's reach across the world opening the door to a new generation of cricket enthusiasts from just from hearing that anubhavan as you have mentioned across this episode so far what is the significance can you just describe to us the significance of cricket being included into the LA 28 and what the are the implications for the global development of the sports going forward so so i think uh what i spoke initially was that cricket had had an audience which was centered around certain countries or certain parts of the world um i mentioned that icc have been doing a lot of developmental work across different parts of the world uh of course in americas as well but also in in other parts where in they are trying to grow cricket so if you see middle east has also now taken to cricket in a big way so you have uae oman kuwait etc playing regular cricket and you know uae have their own league as well now um so so i think with this happening uh it's it's massive right it's it's like cricket has now gone global uh although by number of fans it was already huge uh only second to football but but i think now the the appeal i think also from commercial standpoint when i look at it i think it's going to be massive because right now a lot of brands would invest in football because it has that global appeal and it's followed in big in in big markets of theirs right so then they think okay football is that sport that gives us that now if cricket gets that expansion like i mentioned us is definitely a key market for any sport to grow uh because how how big it is and and the big money that flows in the U, within the us so i think once it grows there as well with the mlc and now with the olympic games and and if i if cricket maintains to be a part of of the olympic movement and and sustains that that uh uh momentum i think cricket cricket can be truly global right we'll see a lot more new fans coming into cricket from different markets making it i think a, a bigger commercial product than it is right now so so i think just by virtue of that it's massive uh i i think opening up new markets uh would would be key uh and that's how we see with a lot of different franchises as well right they've opened their teams in different markets because they want to open those commercial opportunities as well uh for their for their teams so i think cricket becoming more global uh tapping into these big markets uh of course he is being one of the biggest i think it will be it will be a big success for cricket uh not just in terms of being able to attract more fans but also commercially being able to uh 
outpower some of the other sports globally. And then also, I think uh, I read about I read that cricket being added to the Olympics will also add about 150 to 200 million in terms of media rights. Right, so that's that's a win-win for for both for cricket to grow and have that global appeal, and for Olympics also to have that that big money coming in through these. And if you remember uh, in the speech when when they were mentioning cricket being included, they mentioned that Virat Kohli has has top has has a global following, which is more than some of the top global sports stars that you have, right? And that's the power cricket offers to the Olympics and Olympics offers in return to cricket in terms of taking it more global, helping it add newer fans and adds to the ICC's vision that I was talking about of of going into these newer markets and, and attracting more fan base. So I think ICC can now work in tandem uh, with this movement wherein, of course, cricket is going global. ICC have their people and, and activities happening in these regions. So I think the momentum can grow fast and you we can very soon see number of fans of cricket growing globally. So yeah, it, it, it could be massive. And there you have it, a compelling deep dive into the global development of cricket with the Global Partnerships Manager at Sportquake, Anubav Roda. What an exceptional episode, Adam. I really enjoyed this. What are your big takeaways? Double, I can tell you for a fact that I'm now going to be watching cricket much more often than I did because but the, the thing for me is that I do get to hear on TV, right? There have been times where I've been scrolling through games that maybe I see a cricket game, but there's a football game and I decided to pick that football game, although I'm not a fan of those teams. But now I'm going to invest time into watching cricket, understanding cricket so that I can become a global fan. And who knows where it really takes me? Maybe perhaps one of my children become a top cricket player one day so you know I'm, I'm definitely going to invest into it Anubak thank you very much for coming on the Africa Business Podcast don't take this for granted at all no no pleasure is all mine thank you for having me wonderful chatting with you guys fantastic to our audience thank you for joining yet again a top conversation on the business of cricket don't forget to follow us on social media on Twitter on Instagram on LinkedIn as well on IG it is Africa business of sport on LinkedIn it is the Africa business of sport podcast and on X it is Africa BSP Anubab Jabu is bye for now have a great day guys bye